Welcome to the Bread of Life Radio, a listener-supported program of Church Partnership Evangelism and the Bread of Life Fellowship of Boise, Idaho. One of the central purposes of our radio ministry is to stir up in our listeners a robust confidence in the sufficiency of Jesus Christ for everything they need. As God's people satisfy themselves in the fullness of Jesus, they present Him as attractive to all those around them. May that be your desire to make Jesus attractive by your enjoyment of Him. Now here's our teacher, Joel Van Hoogen. We will back up our message today before its conclusion. Let's begin first, though, with a brief review. God is holy. He alone is holy. His holiness is to us a blazing and consuming fire that is unapproachable on our own. Come near to Him on your own initiative and you'll be consumed. The only thing that can be in fire and remain is fire. And so, God offers to set upon us His holy fire when we confess our sins and believe in the salvation He gives us through His Son, Jesus Christ. At that moment of faith, God gives you, as He gave the early church, the Holy Spirit, who comes to you as fire and wraps you in the blaze of God's own holiness. Now fear Him. Come before Him in humility. And if you consider yourself a Christian, understand that the purpose God had in saving you was for you to be holy. Now give your life to be dedicated to that purpose. Every day was good. Every day was good. The first day was good. The second day was good. The third day was good. The fourth day was good. The fifth day was good. The sixth day was good. Every one of those days was perfect as God declared it and created Perfect in every way. Every one of those days was without the defilement of sin whatsoever. Perfect in every way. But none of those first six days were holy days. The holy day was the seventh day in which God rested, came upon it and rested in that day. God conferred upon that day something of his presence and his holiness. Think about that. If you think that you're going to be holy and fit for God because you're just going to try to extract sin from your life, which, by the way, is impossible, and you're going to be a really good and moral person, and that's your pursuit. You know, there are people that have innately built within them this desire to be before God, this longing to be in His presence, and this desire for greatness, and individuals pursue it in different ways, but one of the ways people pursue it is they try to be as good as they can. And they work, and they labor, and they think, if I can just be morally good, I can make myself fit for God. You're never going to make yourself as good as the creation was on the first day it was created. You're never going to make yourself as good as any of those six days. But even in those days, they were not holy days. Holiness was the seventh day when God rested upon it. That was God's plan and God's intent. And by the way, that day was marred by the sin of man. And it's God's purpose and God's design to bring us back into that rest, into the day, in the day of his holiness where he rests upon it. And he offers that for the believer and the Christian when we put our faith in him. But that's holiness. It's something more than just trying to be morally good and trying to behave in a certain way. And God has made us with a free will, moral beings, who may or may not obey his laws. But obedience does not make us holy. You can be good and not be holy. Just as those six days were good days but not holy days. God must confer upon us his life resting on us to make us holy. And this is something greater than mere morality or ethical perfection. It is sharing the fire of God's life, His holy, awesome life. 
A person made it determined to live as carefully as possible, seeking to be a moral person, an ethical person, following all the rules, and that person may succeed far above his peers in this effort, to the point of being a most politically pious individual. And by the way, they're in every party. They think they've maintained, through their commitment to their cause or their ideas, some piety, some righteousness in these ways, and they will be this. They will be Pharisees. People of a moral ilk may think they are outstanding and righteous, but they will not be holy. They have put their focus at the wrong point, and they've missed God altogether. Because God is holy, completely other, and a consuming fire. Let's go to point number three and draw this together. If God's purpose is our holiness, it should be our purpose as well. It should be our purpose to burn before him with the blaze of his presence in life. The Bible in Ephesians chapter 1 verses 3 through 6 and in Romans and in chapter 1 and in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and in other passages, it takes us back into the eternal mind and purposes of God in granting us our salvation. God's mind in sending his son. God's mind in calling us into his son by faith. God's mind in electing us. And the Bible says that God did it all to sanctify us in Jesus Christ. That is, God did this all to make us holy in Jesus Christ. We were called that we might be holy. Ephesians 4, there we read it. It says, God has chosen us in him, in Christ, that we should be holy and without blame. In 2 Thessalonians 2, 12, it says of the Christian man and woman that we are elect according to the foreknowledge of God through the sanctification of the Spirit. And that means this, we were elect according to the foreknowledge of God through the work of the Holy Spirit, making us holy. God's purpose, the Son's purpose, the Holy Spirit's purpose is your holiness. Now, if it's God's declared eternal purpose for you to be holy, should it not be the purpose of your life? Should that not be your purpose as well? Good idea to get the same purpose that is God's purpose. And by the way, when you come to Christ and you receive Him as your Savior... This is one of the first instincts of the new birth. If you've truly been born again of the Spirit of God, at the moment that you came alive to God, in that moment, there was an instinct that began to burn within you to be holy. And you weren't simply wanting to be a good person. You weren't simply wanting to turn over another leaf. You didn't want another chance to be better than you were the last time. No. What it was was a desire in you to have a life that was distinct and that belonged to you and God alone. You wanted to be different from anything you had ever been before. And you knew the difference was in him. And you wanted to be with him and in him. And you wanted that difference to come alive in you. And it was a desire for holiness. And this becomes practical in your life. It meant that you did work to kind of clean up your act. You did begin to change the pattern of your behavior. But your goal wasn't just to clean up your act. Your goal wasn't just to be morally reformed. Your life had come on fire with the presence of God in you. And you wanted to burn with His presence. That's the reality. Whether you could say it that way or not, that's the instinct and reality of the new life. Now, God never commands an individual to anything that they aren't. Or anything that they don't have a capacity for. So you will find that God never comes to an unbeliever and says, Be holy as I am holy. You know why? They can't. They're not holy. They've not been set afire. 
They've not had his holiness conferred upon them. God will come to them and give them commands, moral commands, because they're moral creatures. He'll say not to lie, not to commit adultery, not to steal, not to covet. Because they're moral creatures, and everyone around us is a moral person created in the image of God, capable of behaving morally, and God will put those commands upon them. But God does not put the command upon them. The individual has not come to him and doesn't know him and is not in a relationship with him to be holy. God only gives that to the believer. God gives it only to the individual who has professed faith in Jesus Christ and received the presence of the life of the Holy Spirit within them. And to us, God says, be holy for I am holy. You be holy. He's calling us to be what he's made us. He's calling us to live in our lives in conformity to what he's made us. That's why it's more than just morality. That's why it's more than just moral behavior. It is that God is calling us to live our lives before him in such a way that we receive within us consciously his holy fire and presence. And we want that to constantly manifest in our life. That very thing that motivated us when we first became believers. Christian, you've been made holy in God's saving work. And you're being called to be what you are by God's saving power. You're being called to let burn the flame of God's life in you and your life in Him. Here's a very short application we'll conclude. The call to you as a believer to pursue holiness is the call to remove anything in your life that can't catch fire with the holy life of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. If it can't burn for Jesus... If it can't shine for Jesus, if you can't put that thing before him, that relationship or that interest or that behavior, and let it be on fire for Christ, if it can't be set apart for him so that you can be with it and with him at the same time, enjoying his holy presence, then throw it away. Remove it from your life. Let only those things into your life that can share the fire of God's holy life that was given to you at salvation. That's the point for the believer. For the person who's never come to Christ, God put a turn in your hearts. There is something within you that aches for his presence and his life. And I'm just telling you, it's not being on good behavior. Now look, if you've been trying to be good and you've been trying to follow the law, keep doing it. Because we all benefit when you try to be on your best behavior. right? We want that. That's good for society. It'll make us a better place. But it won't bring you in the presence of God. For that, you have to cast yourself on Jesus Christ and ask him to forgive you and cleanse you. You'll have to ask him to come and live inside of you, and he will, because he said he would. And be your Savior and your Lord, and when he does, he brings into you his fire, the holy fire of his life. And it burns within you, and he wraps you by the power of his spirit in that flame and that fire so that you're a holy one. And then he calls you to grow in that holiness. And that's what we'll be talking about in the weeks ahead. Let's bow our heads. Again, oh God, thoughts so great, so profound, so wonderful. Mysteries. And yet, mysteries that you want us to, you want us to know, or you would not have even said these things or revealed them to us. Mysteries that you want to channel into places of great blessing for us and those around us. We have been, by faith in Jesus Christ, made a nation and a kingdom of priests, mediating your presence in the world. Oh God, make us holy. Keep us holy. May we pursue 
the things that you have made possible and that you have accomplished through Jesus Christ. But I just want to set before you this thought. If there's anything in my life, if there's anything in the life of a brother or sister here present that just won't stand up in the day, an attitude, a spirit, a mentality, a relationship, a pursuit, a goal that is not consistent with your holy fire, reveal it and make it known, O God. Dear God, may you find me immediately responsive to what you show, forsaking and turning from that thing, that thing that is seeking to lay hold of me and say my identity is in that thing when my identity is in the flame and the fire that I've been made through Jesus Christ. And I want above everything else, I want to burn. I want to burn for you. And that's not fuel for the fire. Your spirit is fuel. So I come before you, God, and ask that you make those things known. I do it fearfully because in answer to that prayer, oh God, you're going to uproot. You're going to uproot my life. You're going to uproot our lives. All the better. All the better. That we might be before you and worship you forever and ever and ever. Satan is harsh and he speaks in generalities. He will bring you into condemnation, whereas God's Spirit gently and putting his voice to specific attitudes and actions brings us into conviction so that we may confess, be forgiven and cleansed, and then embrace God's holiness. Thanks for joining us today at the Bread of Life. We're a listener-supported ministry of Church Partnership Evangelism. You can show your support for this ministry by going to breadoflifeboise.org. There you'll find an opportunity to give through CPE to the work of this radio ministry in our community or to our outreach around the world. Until the next time, God bless you.